I shouldn't say this in an open hot mic, but. Three, two, one. Kevin. What's up? Happy Monday. Or How happy, are sorry, you? Happy Wednesday. Wednesday. Happy Kevin, Wednesday. the pod comes out on Wednesday. How long have we been doing this? I don't know. Almost a year, actually. Is it true? We should have a pod celebration. I feel like we recorded the first one. We released the first one on like Memorial Day. Okay. Memorial Day weekend. But th- we, we, had, we had recorded a couple previous to that. Okay. But the first one that we put out. The first one. I feel like that should be the. All right. Yeah. So we're still like two months from that. Or I think we should start planning. Yeah. What are we going to do? Party. A video at least of the greatest moments. Highlights. I think so. Something, some, some, some sort of celebration. That sounds like me doing a lot of digging and a lot of work, listening, a lot of work. Yeah, for sure. (laughs) God forbid. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah. in real time, Kevin, you can see Kevin's face as he's like, "That sounds cool," but then I would have to be the one that did it, and therefore, then less cool. Yeah, it would be cool if it was easier. If someone else did it, you'd be like <laughs> yeah, super yeah, psyched. Yeah. You'd be like, oh, yeah, uh, a sizzle reel of like best front and center moments. Yeah, do you think we could get like a production intern up in this bitch? Listen, Kevin, anything is possible. How many times have I told you that? Impossible is nothing. Yeah, that, that is true. Um, <laughs> it would be kind of nice to get a little... I want, could, do you think we could land a production intern like off this podcast? Like, hey. If there's a listener out there right now, be, you know, be my intern... Um, for, how about how about this? Not Kevin. If anyone wants to now, intern be my, for front, be my intern at front and center, the operation that's going to the moon, and uh, wants to part, be a part of the uh, squad, I think we would be that that person having editing skills, or maybe if they could do videos or TikToks, and yeah, send us a send them send us an email at team at center dot design, and uh, yeah, Kevin, the, anything is possible. Yeah, I want I want my own intern. <laughs> Kevin, you you get to work directly with Kevin. I think that's that's the highest uh, part of this. So. Yeah, I'd be a good boss because you know. Yeah, for sure, Kevin. Before we uh, start the program, can I do a quick little uh, advertisement? Sure. Yeah, Kevin. Uh, I need to tell the people out there about How Design Live. How Design Live is the number one design conference in the world. Number one. Number one. And the reason why I've I have that information and why I can declaratively say that is because I've been going since 2013. Damn. So it's now 2022. There's been a couple of years off because of COVID. I've been there almost every single year since 2013. Damn. I graduated high school in 2013. Damn, Kevin. Thanks for that information. It doesn't make me feel old at all. Sorry. I just had to dunk that. That's fair. Listen, in 2013, I was like 19 years old. So again, like I get it. Sorry. Like, Dwayne Wade just threw threw that off the backboard and uh, he had to throw it down. I get yeah. it. But the point is How Design Live is a conference that happens each year and thousands of people go from the design community from all over the country. And it is a hell of an operation. It's keynote speakers in auditoriums that are the size of like a stadium. It is all the be- all your favorite designers from Instagram and all your favorite designers uh, that you follow, they're all speaking there. And I have been fortunate enough to speak at the conference probably I, I should probably know the number but over five times, maybe maybe seven times over the ca- over the past decade. Um, it's, it's just a hell of a show and it's informative, it's entertaining, it's educational. And I always leave inspired 
But oh, yeah. know, I honestly, I, I always feel like it's being a designer and being in like your room or your office or whatever. It's a, sometimes it can be a very sort of lonely or isolating job. Mm-hmm. I think when you go to a conference like this and you see how many people are just like you, it's 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 eye opening. And I think every year uh, that I've been to How Design Live, I come back feeling like a, a, new, a new energy in my work, and that's be- not because I was speaking there, but because I, as a speaker, got to go see other people's talks. Like I got to go see my favorite designer speak and, you know, sort of, and, and non-designers alike. There's often speakers that are like Brene Brown or like people that are sort of like, um, you know, uh, that have topics adjacent to design, but not necessarily always design itself. And as part of How Design Live, there's always the dial conference inside of How Design Live. Mm-hmm. And so this year, the How Design Live is back. It's happening in Boston, which um, I drove there on Friday, so it's only three and a half hours outside of New York City. It's 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 a great place to go, and it's May twenty second to twenty fourth. It's a three day conference, um, and their tagline is "Get inspired, get connected, get creative." Pretty much what I just said. Um, and so, as part of the conference, there is again, like I mentioned, dozens of amazing speakers, and then there's the Dial Line Conference, which is inside of how design live and um they have their own you know the dialing conference is typically about um you know sort of issues related to packaging and uh, always 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 have the best speakers and it's 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 a great time honestly um i recommend you go on how design live in totality and then go and be a part of the dialing uh when you're at how design live you have the choice of going to see different speakers. You should go to the how. You should go check out most of the speakers everywhere related to the Dialine um, conference. Yeah, it's they a, got some good. Uh, they got some good speakers this year. Yeah, looking at right good, now, good cause. Um, yeah. Do you feel snubbed that you didn't? You're not on this list. I'm a little, a little ups, uh, disappointed. I guess would be the word I would use. Um, mm-hmm. Just because I've been speaking at the conference for so many years, um, but to be honest, I'm happy that. Uh, there are other people. Um, I, you know, I, I, I don't feel like they need to invite me every single year to their conference to speak. Yeah. Um, I will say I am speaking at a uh, big conference that I'll be announcing later this year, which I'm very excited about because what conference? I can't say it, Kevin. That's the point. Oh, I'll bleep it out. Um, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna Come say on, it, I'll but bleep it out. Come on. Um, I'm and I'm excited to tell the story of Center. Mm-hmm. Um, unfortunately, I will not be doing it at How Design Live because I was not asked to. But um, are you going to let me open for you at the conference? I mean, listen, Kevin, anything is possible. <laughs> what did I say uh, before the show? Anything is possible. So here, listen, this isn't about me. This is about the Dialine Conference. This is about How Design Live. And whether I'm there or Kevin's there, you should be there. I'm feeling a little snubbed. I feel like I should have made this list. Honestly, Kevin, I think that is more disappointing. At, like, least, here's at the thing. least give me like a five-minute slot somewhere. That's like, right. Or we should record the podcast live from How Design Live. Maybe we should talk to Andrew and Jessica, the Dialing. I think they're going to come on the pod. We should talk to them about, you know, live reporting live from the streets. Hey, we we could do live. If, we could do live from the streets. Here's the thing. I I drove there just last week. Yeah, it's, it's not that far. We can go there for a day. Yeah, we could pack the microphones up. We yeah, could get, we could rent a camera or something. I think we could do the pod live from How Design Live or live from the Dialing. Just conference. like in the lobby. 
Yeah, I mean, I think we absolutely could. We can get, we could certainly get guests that way. That'd be funny if we didn't have a ticket, but we just posted up like right before you need to show your ticket. I mean, I think we being sponsored, our show is sponsored by the Die Line. I can imagine that we can probably, we can probably figure something out. Yeah. And we should take this off mic because as we're talking, I think we're making a lot of sense here. So maybe, here's the thing, maybe we'll be there. No promises, but there's a chance we'll be there doing the podcast the ball potentially we're just the ball is in the court of uh the good folks at the the die line um before we get into topics kevin got a new phone yeah cool yeah good topic good story kevin well i (laughs) what do you want to say i didn't have a phone last week i will say i do i got the new se okay like small Mm -hmm. and uh i think it might be a little too small for me i'm having trouble reaching like the 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 edges of the keyboard with my thumbs like meaning it's is too small and you're having trouble reaching or it's too big it's too small i'm having trouble like pit like getting to the like specifically the p, oh. p the p and the l i'm having trouble and it's just like feels small in my oh head. okay because your your hand has to you have to figure out how to, yeah i got yeah, these big yeah, yeah. like sausage fingers so it's like got it got it got it, got it. so that's it's already too- i'm already down from that and then just the small phone with mm-hmm. the, the big fingers mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. like, you know, maybe I just got to get more mobility in my fingers. I think but. this is something that probably after having the phone for about a couple of weeks, you'll work through. Also, but the camera. I'm really it. glad that you brought this topic. The to camera the sucks. The camera sucks. The Why? The new phone camera sucks? It's just, it's like one little, it's one little lens. Oh, so you got the, you got the, the broke boy edition? Yeah, I got to get the broke boy edition, Alex. <laughs> damn bro i mean if you if you think i mean if 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 you'd want to put you know if we need it for the podcast i think you know because it is it is you know something i use for work quite a bit (laughs) damn kevin you're okay so work it's a business expense is what you're trying to say yeah but you know sounds like something you should have brought up to me before you bought the phone well i didn't i didn't you didn't realize just I now. didn't realize how shitty this phone would be. Well, you we got to bring it up with uh, Tim Apple. I'll bring it up with Ashley. She'll, she'll just give me the credit card. <laughs> <laughs> we have a company problem here. The uh, credit card. I'm going to change it. Um, I'm, I'm actually getting a new card, and that card will be, uh, I think we uh, have given it to too many people potentially in the, in the studio. Um, I just see the I just see the bill continuing to raise up, and I- uh, Well, Spend money to make money, Alex. I mean, you bring up a good point. Okay, Kevin, you ready to talk about what's going on? Yeah, that this was week? that was a train wreck. Yeah, that was. Welcome to Front and Center. I'm your host, Alex Center. This is my co-host, Kevin Batori. Um, we know we never do that. You know, we never do like the Welcome to Front and Center. We're not that type of podcast. I'm your host, Alex Center. We're not. What do you think this is? NPR. This is my co-host, Kevin Batori. What do you think this is? Fucking serial. New York Times, The Daily. No. I mean, if you thought this was a daily, you thought wrong. Kevin, first story of the day. You ready? Yeah. Mike Tyson, world famous boxer, mm-hmm. infamous for many things. Champion, uh, spent some time in prison, had some drug issues. Mm-hmm. He was in the hangover. And he has come out the other side. He's kind of a glorious national treasure at yeah, this his, point. His uh, character path is quite he's he's, re, he's gained redemption yeah he had the broadway show that was some sort of documentary he has a podcast now i mean of course he does everyone's got a podcast i'm sure it's great and he's got a weed brand and so today mike tyson's cannabis brand which is called tyson 2.0 which um i don't know what that signifies but 
Uh, they're it, break- it signifies what we just discussed. I guess they the, signify uh, the fact that, yeah, this is the this second chapter. Yeah, second chapter. He went through the hardships and now he's on the side. Yeah. So they, um, his cannabis company called Tyson 2.0. They released cannabis gummies. And guess what, Kevin? They're shaped like little ears. Wow. Yep. Because, Kevin, one of the things that's most famous about Mike Tyson in his storied history is his infamous 1997 fight with Evander Holyfield, where he famously uh, bit off a piece of his ear. Yeah, I'm, yeah, I'm aware of that. Yes, I think it's probably the thing that he's most famous for of all the things that he's done. Which uh, is it's quite a, a bit. pretty notorious, yeah. like sports moment. Uh, I mean, it's pretty much. I, I can't recall any moment in sport where someone has removed another per- part of someone else's body. I'm sure maybe there is on some other purpose. moment. Yeah, on purpose that you know, or maybe there's a freak accident, but like to bite off someone's ear. Is, mm-hmm. is is incredibly savage, and it was. And we're still talking about it. It now. said it was the second t- in the fourth round. Uh, he bit. It was the second time he had bitten the air or something. Like that he, is part he was of the going story. After he was going after the year. I guess he was biting it probably in like a sort of like, I don't want to say playful way, but in sort of like a you know. I guess when boxers are sort of like head to head a little bit, your your head kind of goes right into that weird space. And uh, he bit him. He bit him, and then I think he um, bit him too hard the second time and actually remove part of his ear. Um, Sometimes it happens. Yeah. And here we are 25 years later, still talking about it. Mm -hmm. And um, so kind of, so Tyson cannabis company, I mean, it makes perfect sense, right? Like to, to, you know, you're going to get press. Like, I think Mm -hmm. that's the thing. It's like you, you, you do something like this and you know that people are going to get sort of, uh, you know, are going to, it's going to be national news. Um, I think he's famous also for talking to pigeons or he's a big pigeon. Yeah. He, he loves pigeons. He loves pigeons. Uh, these things, um, yeah, these could have been pigeons, but instead they're ears. And I'm sure he'll do some pi- some sort of pigeon, um, yeah, pigeon edible thing, or you know, yeah. I will, I will say Mike Tyson's cannabis is excellent. Really? Yeah, I my friend brought it Speaking around from from uh... my friend brought it had some last summer. Um, I what? Not my friend brought some. I don't know. He Tyson 2.0. Yeah, my friend brought some Tyson 2.0 to a uh, event I was at in the park, and we okay. we puffed on it, and it was it was great. That shit really was phenomenal. Yeah. Well, I'm sure he's just licensing his name. Well, no, no, someone. he's like big. He's really big into the cannabis space right now. He's really? got like yeah, he's got like Mike Tyson's ranch, which is going to be like an experience, like a his farm. Whoa. With, um, he's gonna have like boxing classes and shit, and like. Yeah, he's a very spiritual, like, spiritual dude nowadays. Like, ever since yeah. he smoked that DMT, um, <laughs> he's just changed his whole life. Wow. Um, the brand has 77 Instagram followers, which is pretty impressive. 77? Uh, 77,000. Okay. <laughs> I was, yeah. I was going to say. Damn. My question is how many, how strong are these ears? I would say... 10 milligrams of THC per piece. That's too yeah. strong for me. I... I could, I'm going to have to take a bite of the yeah, ear. Take a bite, Alex. But here's the thing. The ears already have the Mike Tyson bite taken out of them. Mm-hmm. So then I have to take another bite out yeah, of them. That's one of the questions I... like. I get that it's, it is it is like the iconic bite. Yes. But like, I, I saw it either maybe... You should maybe Maybe this is line extensions. Maybe you have full ears. Yeah. And then you maybe the you have... Out. And then maybe you have the little bite. Like, maybe that's like... Maybe you have all three, and they vary in strength. I mean, that makes fair. That to me, that 
there there should be little ears, and then you take the Mike Tyson bite out of it. But listen, I think this is a home run. It's just good, I you know, good marketing. And to be honest, gummy bears are gummy edibles are are all the rage. Yeah, they're they're pretty boring. Like yeah, uh, this is Let's make some interesting. Well, this shapes. is one of the yeah, this is one of the first ones to my knowledge that I've seen. Like yeah played with the form factor of the of the gummies so i mean i'd be excited to try these um mm-hmm. i'm gonna try to i'm gonna try to get the package for the wall because pretty good package design if you ask me yeah that's a good point i think the big ear on the front of the package illustration wise is you know i think we could have maybe done it has the bite taken out of it right which he took the bite from the top of the ear yeah. famously do you think Evander Holyfield's getting any? Uh... Yeah, it's probably a good point. This is actually not Mike Tyson's ear. It's actually uh, a Holyfield's ear. Yeah, something to think about. <clears throat> but I think it's Mike Tyson's brand, right? Yeah. He's the guy that did the biting. So I think it's a good idea. I think it's very funny. I think I'm I'm just mostly impressed by Mike Tyson's like the fact that all these things in his life mm-hmm. could have put him in a place where he could have been one of these like um, broke athletes with a sad story and like he's he's i think he's actually a really smart businessman yeah he's turned the ship around yeah i think he's like incredibly like entertaining and he get he's in on the joke of things Mm -hmm. like i think he's also like i think he's a smart businessman and so this i feel like play like you know he's done a lot of things over the past 10 20 years that I feel like he finds a way to keep himself. Probably in. ten, I think ten, maybe ten in the past ten. When was the? Um, so I think Rock movie. Bottom was probably like uh, face 90s. face tat. Oh yeah, true. Nineties. I mean, but when was when was the um, Hangover? Was hangover. like fuck. I don't even. Was that like two thousand eight or was that like two thousand ten? Two thousand nine. All right. I would say over the last, I feel like that was the beginning of sort of the redemption, but I could be wrong. I feel like it's been, it's been a while and Mike Tyson has been crushing it. I guess that's what I'm, that's what we're trying to get. Well, we love a good redemption story. Yeah. Um, Moving on, Kevin. Uh, Coors Light. We, I feel like they and Bud Light are in a sort of some competition. Some press war. Yeah. Some sort of press war. And it's, and it's interesting to me that beer brands, I think in many ways are some of the most um, experimental with marketing and advertising. I feel like they also seem to have the most advertising and marketing dollars. Yeah, I I feel like they're kind of uh, trying to compensate for the old seltzer mm. thing, the seltzer moment that's happening. Yeah, so they're trying to find new and exciting ways to get people um, to pay attention. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> so we, we talked about um, Coors Light. They did that Foo Fighters can. They've done a they've done a bunch of things. They had their own version of uh, seltzer. Remember, it was like Save the Rockies, which I thought was smart. But yeah, I think their seltzer went under. Oh, they bailed on it. Yeah, yeah. So they're back. So their new idea is for March Madness, which started in March because it's March Madness. <laughs> no, um, it's, it started last Thursday or last. Well, like, that's what I was going to say. Last Tuesday, Wednesday. Yes. The- Did you watch any college basketball? This Honestly, I haven't. I watched like I yeah. watched maybe a little bit. I watched yeah. one game. It was great. I, yeah. I, I watched Michigan. That was nice. Interesting. Um, so they have an idea for March Madness. March Madness is um, an area which a lot of beer brands and a lot of uh, beverage brands market towards um, college kids. And just it's it's a big cultural moment here. Um, and so Coors Light has a kind of a crazy idea, which is what they're calling chill lollipops. And essentially their general strategy is that March Madness has the word madness in the name. And so you know what people need? They need to be chill. 
Yeah, they need we need to calm some of the madness. And so Coors Light by Transitive Properties is cold. So therefore they are chill. Mm-hmm. And so therefore people need to calm, mm-hmm. which happens during March mm-hmm. because there's ma- is the antidote to madness. Yeah, I'm tracking. You're tracking this. Yeah. <laughs> so they've come this, out with the this. strategy checks out. Yep, exactly. So they've come up with an idea which is March madness beer flavored chill lollipops. <laughs> yep, I'm so, I'm so here for this. That's the concept. So a uh, quote from Marcelo Pascoa, who is the vice president of marketing for Coors, said, March is one of the most stressful times of the year for a college basketball fan. During all the incredible highs and lows of March basketball, Coors Light is the brand to bring a moment of chill, whether in the form of a chill lollipop, to bring the calm or a mountain cold Coors Light to refresh spirits. <sighs> that's, a bit, that's a bit of a stretch for me because doesn't... Beer isn't beer the antidote to madness? Like I would say that beer is the antidote to madness. Like instead of having a lollipop, yeah, I'd rather just have a beer, I guess. But I don't, I just don't know. This whole thing is a stretch. Like, yeah, yeah. I just like that's what doesn't come through. Like when I saw the lollipops, I was like, why are they doing beer flavored lollipops? They look like piss. Well. I mean, here's the thing. How gross is a beer tasting lollipop? Is that just, is that, does that, no one wants that? No, I don't think so. And there's probably no alcohol in it, right? It's just, no, taste. there's no alcohol in it. So then what, what's the point of this? Uh, because we're talking about because shit. when you get mad, when, when you get mad at basketball, you, uh, you, you want need to chill out. Cause yeah, you're a baby and you need a lollipop. <laughs> Exactly. So, Kevin, the brand was inspired by reading research. Wow. <laughs> so shout out to them. Doing fucking idiots doing research. Research. They've indicated that hard candy and lollipops could calm large groups of partygoers at the end of the night. Wow. Who's doing this fucking research? Um, Donald E. Gibson, professor at Manhattan College. Oh, Donald E. Gibson, PhD. Sorry. <laughs> Oh, you're you're actually no. There's an actual professor from. There's a professor attached to this to, uh, test <laughs> drop. No, <laughs> damn, bro, they dropped the fucking PhD professor Donald E. Gibson on yeah. this. He said emotions are contagious. Um, if there are strong emotions around us, it is very easy to be swept up <laughs> in them. I believe that something as simple as a lollipop could have a calming influence in an emotionally charged situation. <laughs> Damn, that's fucking. They, I changed my whole fucking opinion. They did fucking research on this idea. They got a fucking professor. Yeah, they oh, got a damn. professor to say something like extremely vague that they could just <laughs> they could yeah. just throw in there. Yeah. So why don't uh, we use lollipops to for more to calm more emotionally charged situations? Because we're not fucking babies. <laughs> um, that's hilarious to me. Okay, so. You know, we'll. Uh, I'm out. I, I mean, I know we don't need to give an in or an out. Here, I'm interested. You're interested in a, a I, in a lollipop to calm your emotions from high stakes basketball. Uh, is this a bracket buster or a Cinderella story, Alex? <laughs> <laughs> this is a bu- a buster for me. Yeah. Um, I'm curious about what these taste like, though, because I think part of me is curious about how bad they taste. I'm sure they taste awful, but again, I just don't fully. I mean, now I get the logic, right? March Madness is stressful. People need to calm and chill out. That's what they can either drink a Coors Light beer or they can now drink a chill lollipop. Yeah. I'm getting real pissed. I think I need to consume <laughs> something. I need something in I my mouth. I just really need to consume. To calm myself down. Um, Kevin, uh, the absolute worst part of this whole thing is what happened after. And that's because the brand known as Olipop decided that the chill lollipop 
was somehow encroaching on their sort of um, their their brand. Well, it does kind of say Ollie Olipop, and it does kind of look like their logo. Okay, but there's it? an extra L. Oh, you know what? It does look a little bit like their lolly, their their Olipop logo. I guess you can see that the chill Olipop, which has the first word chill like Coors Light, and then the Olipop after it. The Olipop kind of does somewhat resemble the Olipop brand. So Olipop came back and released uh, in, or put out an Instagram that says, no, we did not collaborate with Coors Light to create this new Coors Light chill Olipop, but two can play at this game, which is why we're not introducing chill Coors. And then they have like a sort of alcohol tasting soda that's just a mock-up. Beer-free or beer-flavored alcohol-free soda. Okay. Well, so Kevin. So it's not real. So this is, yeah, it's just like a sort of a response, a meme uh, or a shenanigan mo- Photoshop mock-up, if you will. So Kevin, I will call the uh, original idea uh, a buster, a bracket buster. And this one is a swing and a miss because <laughs> the first idea was bad and the response is worse. Yeah, this is fucking awful. I, I just feel like if you're gonna clap back on the internet, like I, so like come oh, with Jesus. come with some heat, like Jesus, like what are you, chill cores, like what? Come on, yep, yep. Get a little, get a little mean, like go go at him a little bit, like yeah, do something, like say something, like the lollipop brand is so soft and warm and cuddly. So I, I know, say something, say something, say something, or don't say anything at all. Like, I mean, this whole thing is you know. just just a. Just a, this whole thing sucks. This whole thing is bad. We're Kevin. Let's move on. Kevin. Um, next story comes from thedialine.com. It does. Actually, the last story came from thedialine.com, and the story before that came from thedialine.com. <laughs> these are these uh, are all. But this one is the dialine story of the day. Is it? Yep. I just needed that. Wow. And it comes. And here's the reason why this is actually interesting to me, Kevin. Someone used an NFT in a meaningful manner. Hmm. So can I explain it to you quickly? Please. So um, NFT projects are notoriously the worst. I think we can all agree that no brand has figured out a way to use NFTs in a way that makes any sense whatsoever. It's just all feels like they're using it. It's like when people started first putting on um, uh, QR codes on to brands for no, like people weren't using QR codes. And this is a bad analogy. And Cut this from the record. Brands have been trying, we've been covering this here on the podcast, brands have been trying to use um, NFTs in a way that makes sense. Mm -hmm. And I think NFTs are a cool digital art form for artists. Mm -hmm. And I think when brands come in, it just feels like capitalism wrapped in more capitalism, wrapped in sort of um, just, just, just the lamest thing that you can do. Yes. And so there, there there are just so many stories that we've been talking about, sort of brands trying to cash in on the hype around the technology and NFTs, just to be just crypto sort of adjacent and to just be in the world of crypto and to be a part of something that is obviously um, potentially future. Mm-hmm. And so, but it's, it, but it, to me, it just all feels like they're just trying so hard and just not having doing anything successful and so that's why this story actually piqued my interest and it's actually related to the board api club which is arguably 
um, the least cool NFT project on planet Earth. Yeah, it's it's fucking horrible. It's awful. I think it's racist. I think Ryder Rips has been doing a ton of like research, and so I'll give him his uh, his credit here around sort of the connections back to uh, Nazism and sort of mm-hmm. racism as it connects to Board Ape Yacht Club. So go do that research and go check that out because I think there's a ton of real evidence that shows that Board Ape Yacht Club is problematic and will be yeah. taken down at some point. So this story is actually not about Board Ape Yacht Club for me. It's about someone who bought a Board Ape Yacht Club NFT, and he's a uh, restaurateur by Andy Wynn, and he wants to prove with his NFT that his his JPEG is worth more than just the the just to look at it mm-hmm. on your computer and to own it. And so what he is doing is he's taking the sort of IP behind his nft and is doing sort of a um it's it's a project with the goal of educating people about sort of the potential uses of digital products in Mm -hmm. the real world and because he is actually a entrepreneur and restaurateur he has a coffee shop he has an ice cream shop he's got uh, a burger shop he's got a po'boy shop he's got a bunch of different restaurants in la and so he's opening up bored in hungary which uses his NFT and uses his rights and sort of his property, his intellectual property, Mm -hmm. to use that to open a real-life business based on his JPEG. Yeah, based on some JPEGs he purchased on the internet. So I think that, to me, is really interesting because that you start to get into question like the IP and the ownership of art. Because I think if you own the NFT and you own the art and you owned sort of the rights to it, then if you take it and launch a business or do something with it that then creates value, we're having a really interesting conversation, I think, about brand and copyright and IP. Yeah, I'm sorry. What the fuck is IP? Intellectual property. Okay. So basically what he's saying is I own the rights to this image. I own the intellectual property of this image. I'm then going to use that to open up a restaurant. And mm-hmm. so he's opening up Board and Hungry, which is a burger shop in LA, where his NFT, the one that he owns, is going to be on the packaging. Here's my one question is, I wonder if Board API Club is going to condone this. Well, I think they have to. <laughs> well, by, the, by the rules of... By the rules of- IP or whatever ownership like, ownership and buying yep. this stupid fucking thing on the internet. Like, mm-hmm. I think they have to honor it, and they. I yeah. don't think they have a choice. But I guess they own the larger brand. He owns the, you know, that specific. Yeah, but he bought, he bought a little slice. But is he is he using the broader brand like the board? Well, I think Yacht clubs brand. Board, I think he's just saying it's what's the name like board and hungry. Yes. So I feel like he probably gets around it there. Yeah. Um, yeah, this is gonna. This yeah. restaurant's gonna suck. Well, it's opening April fourth in Long Beach, California. For those people, maybe maybe it's an area. April Fool's Day joke. I mean, I think it's to be honest. Like, it seems like this is a real restaurant tour. Like, if this was just a random sort of artist or someone that just was like, you know, just a random NFT holder, um, I would say maybe it's a joke. But I think this guy owns like Matt Black Coffee, Afters Ice Cream. Like, he's a very legitimate sort of uh, restaurant tour and, and entrepreneur. So I feel like. For him to open up another restaurant 
is not really that crazy. Oh, you're a restaurateur? Name name all the restaurants. <laughs> I mean, this 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 guy clearly has the creds to do it. And, you know, I, I would imagine each time he opens up a restaurant, he has to create his own IP, his own copyright, his own, you know, branding, his own everything. And so for this one, he's taking and, you know, he's taking his NFT, he's taking the sort of association mm-hmm. and sort of affinity for Board Ape Yacht Clubs as a whole and opening up a restaurant. Yeah. How much do you think these burgers are going to cost? Well, I mean, it'll be very interesting. I mean, I'm uh, saying uh, no less than $20. Oh, you think they're going to be more expensive? Yeah. I mean, he's saying that also like. Think about all the idiots who are going to be like, oh, I want the I want the cup. I want I want the fry. I want the fry container. <laughs> Okay. Oh, to like own it. Yeah. I mean, I think that's will be interesting because he's saying that the goal is to bridge the digital world with the real life world, which I think is interesting. He's also saying that like people call it a JPEG, but we want to show them that this is a new ecosystem where brand and business. Some people call it a JPEG. We call it a package design. Okay, fine. That's 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 a bit lame. But I think there's also a part of it where at launch there's going to be special perks for community holders or people that are sort of have and it like board ape yacht club nfts and i think gatherings for people that like want to know about nfts or people that are like interested in this so i I don't know like typically kevin i think all this stuff is lame i think all of it is cheesy i think all of it feels um just like people trying to make nfts a thing and for me i'm gonna removing the board api club part of it i was intrigued by this i think it's interesting and I think it's fascinating that someone would use the IP from something that they own, which is the point to a certain extent of the blockchain part of NFTs. He owns it. So he should be able to use it and run with it and create whatever sub brands or restaurants that he wants with it. And I think that's an interesting place for this NFTs to go in a way that isn't just trying to make it work. Sure. Okay. Um, I think we should continue to see how this works and if this is going to be something that makes sense. Um, Speaking of of, of brand and IP, uh, LimeWire is back. Kevin, did you grow up on LimeWire? Have you ever used LimeWire? I did grow up on LimeWire. I ruined ruined two family computers with (laughs) LimeWire. Yes. So LimeWire, for those people out there listening who maybe aren't familiar, was a... uh, a a a, uh, a music torrent torrent. I was gonna call it streaming, but it's not streaming. It's music stealing. Oh yeah, app slash software. I think it's more like sharing. It was it was in the very beginning of internet music entertainment IP. <laughs> like that was LimeWire and Napster. I think Napster was the more famous one of the two. But I use both. For I'm sure. not sure. If, I could be wrong, but I feel like LimeWire came after Napster, or were they the same era? I think they were right around the same time. I think the thing, the difference that was between LimeWire and Napster was that LimeWire actually had a lot of music, but it wasn't just music. You could also download other things. I believe I've downloaded like Adobe Photoshop through yeah. LimeWire, huh. and it was a peer-to-peer sharing client service software and it was launched in may 3rd of 2000 so Mm -hmm. 21 years ago 22 years ago um and it was uh, a way to pirate 
content, movies, television, music, um, or like a really weird collaboration between like DMX and Biggie mm-hmm. and Eminem and Jay Z, where it's like someone just like mashed up a bunch of songs. Did you yeah. ever download any of that stuff? Yeah, I think I got some of that. And then yeah, I'd get like I feel like I'd get like random like South Park clips. Uh, yeah, I feel like that was also something that was very popular because South Park was popular at that time. So LimeWire went away. I don't know exactly when, but probably like 2006, 2007, maybe. I feel like that's when I had to download FrostWire. Got it. There was a bunch of. I think 2007. It says the U.S. Justice Department. The U.S. Justice Department came down and said they were committing identity theft. Basically, LimeWire had a had a good run. I feel like it had a solid ten year run, and then it got cracked down on because it was basically giving people illegal stuff, stuff that mm-hmm. we were previously paying for <clears throat> in the form of entertainment, content, music, movies, etc. Mm-hmm. And then it got. It was. It had a good run. You definitely downloaded a bunch of illegal shit and also viruses. That was all part of the fun of it. And it disappeared and went away. Mm-hmm. Until now, it's back as an NFT marketplace. Which is ironic because at the time, it was all about stealing shit. And now NFTs are about ownership. Yeah. And so I think... Someone bought the name. You think they bought the name? Yes. I I read this in the C-section. It says that the co-founder and CEO was a, you know, someone, someone that was sort of quick to leverage nostalgic brands. Mm -hmm. And I think this is what happens when businesses, when, when a business goes out of business and, but they still own something that has value mm-hmm. like the LimeWire name and logo is valuable yeah so they probably sold it to someone for money mm-hmm. probably not a ton of money but enough money probably a good amount probably of money. a decent amount of money probably a couple million dollars and then they've been trying to find ways to turn it into something yeah <clears throat> so it's back as a nft marketplace yeah i, I just think it's it's weird yep like, why would you... I feel like there's so many NFT marketplaces right now. I yep. guess why would... I mean, is Nostalgia going to push somebody to go on LimeWire for, to buy NFTs? Like, yeah. maybe. I yeah. think a smarter play would have been, like, a crypto platform or something, like, something cooler, I guess. But... Yeah. I don't know. I'm, I'm not really here for this. I, yeah. I actually I dig LimeWire, and I think that's kind of why I'm, like, not... I'm certainly not here for it, because I just wish they had done something... Yeah, like, I wish they were had been. This is more of a like less of a stunt, like yeah, or like they could have done something to. Well, I think they're trying to turn it into a real business. Yeah. I mean, so basically, Kevin, I got the information right for the real information. After sure. stumbling through all of that, it started in two thousands as a illegal downloading. Uh, sorry, I have the information here, Kevin. LimeWire uh, launches in the early two thousands as a file sharing service known for legally uh, downloading uh, uh, music and movies. So it's like Dropbox. And so <laughs> it's now back as an NFT marketplace. Apparently, um, it lost a four-year battle against the music industry in 2010, and then it was sort of disappeared for quite a number of years. And now new management as a mainstream-ready, 
digital collectibles marketplace for art and t- entertainment, initially focusing on music. Mm-hmm. So I guess they are interested in sort of bridging the gap between crypto, Bitcoin, blockchain, NFTs, and music. Wow, all the buzzwords. Which I think is interesting because I think music value-wise is like minimal at this point. Like music itself, like when you when you listen to a song on Spotify, the artist gets paid like almost nothing. And so artists these days are making their money on touring and merch mm. and bundling and all these other things. So it'd be interesting to think that maybe artists could get more money from ownership of their music and sort of using this new technology. I don't know enough about it to properly um, guess or guesstimate how this is going to work or function in the future. Mm -hmm. But I agree, or it's interesting that NFTs are so um, art specific right now. And I guess, how does it translate to um, music and music and and movies and other things? And so I can see this working. I can also see this not being anything. I just put on a LimeWire shirt. (laughs) That logo is... That logo is fucking sick. It's one of the all-time logos. It is an all-time. It looks like the new one is like a a flattened version of it. Like it, I remember the old one had a lot of gradient action going on. And so the new logo is sort of like a, a, a modernization of the old one, but it, you know, it still has its own. That old one is, that old one is classic. So sick. Yeah. The old one is just a lime uh, sort of cross section with gradients. And so, uh, all this to say, Limar is back, and um, I'm interested to see where it goes. Um, kind of just look like BP now. It, yeah, it kind of it, it's it, identity kind of lost some of its luster and magic, and it, it maybe that's what they're trying to do. They're trying to reboot it as a uh, a classy, uh, completely legal version of Limewire. But to me, RIP Limewire will also will always be that place where Kevin, you wait for like three hours to download a virus. Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> or a movie that like looks like it was shot on someone's like um, <laughs> phone, but at that time, like like I guess a f- the phone cameras were just absolute garbage from the back of the movie theater. It looks like someone sh- shot it on like a potato in the back of the uh, the, the theater. So um, that's never coming back. So we'll see. Yeah, we shall see. All right, last story of the day, Kevin comes from complex.com and it is regarding one of our favorite topics on this podcast is the agency studio collective known as mischief. Um, and this time they're back with a, a, a whole, not just a drop, but a whole new business. And it is, um, it's, it's sneakers. So mischief famous for the Satan shoe that they did with little Nas X. They also have done a bunch of other amazing art projects which have gotten the internet going and buzzing, and we are here for it from from the front and center crew. We love Mischief. We think uh, they were a, a, a fronty winner, right? Yeah, yeah. And so they are. So their new release is called the Tap Three Shoe. It launches today, which is Monday. Mon- it launched on Monday. It launched on Monday, and it's the first drop from Mischief's new sneakers app which is a dedicated platform that will host regular sneaker drops. Um, They're planning on rolling out sort of more on a monthly basis. They're going to be doing collaborations. They're going to be doing some some very experimental sneakers. And uh, they're not really ready to unveil all of them quite yet. But they are saying that this first sneaker 
is the tamest among them. It looks like an Air Force One, a black Air Force One, mm-hmm. has um, mischief tape wrapped around the side of it. Pricing is about is for all the sneakers will be about two twenty for the sneakers Oof. and two ninety five for the boots. Yeah, are you gonna rock these out? So, Kevin, you know I love mischief. You know I think they do some of the most interesting, most exciting work in uh, in the world. I honestly believe that. If you're not familiar with mischief, I highly recommend downloading their app and following along on their on their drops and seeing what they do each week because it's super fucking impressive. Mm-hmm. I'm not here for these sneakers. Yeah, I think I'm here for the concept of sneakers. Like as yeah, for them, for, from them, I feel like them getting into the sneaker collectible world. I feel like they've had some success in that. Um, they've also done other collectibles like um, the uh, they do this brick of cash. It's like blurred out cash. Have you mm-hmm. ever seen that? Yeah, it's really cool. Um, I've even seen some of the candies. Remember they did the candy store that you can yep. get sort of limited edition candy. Mm-hmm. All this stuff goes to StockX. Yeah, because little Nas X, I think, and the Drake uh, holy water sneaker, like kind of put them in these sort of like hype beast adjacent yeah. world they're in that sphere and i don't even know if that was intentional it just kind of happened naturally uh, i'm sure and so was. i think for them to then kind of do their own sneaker program mm-hmm. is really interesting yeah it's a smart move on their part i mean yeah. i'm not i'm not i feel similarly like i'm not really here for these I yeah think, i think that they're kind of just probably trying to get another season to just maybe for i mean I, I don't think yeah i think those Shoe design's probably like far enough. Yes. Just barely far enough. And then they covered it with that tape, which is is this like packing tape thing, like a trend? Yeah. I mean it does remind me a bit of the Balenciaga Kim Kardashian sort of moment that happened Mm. like two weeks ago. Yeah. Um and I think even in the article, Kevin, it says like these are gonna be the tamest of the group. Oh. Oh, you read the article? Yeah, I did. It says you know, they're not ready to unveil all these sort of like more warped, more sort of experimental sneakers, which. Yeah, it could be cool. I'm excited to see those. Yeah, me too. And I think they kind of know that this is. So I here's my, like my question is like, why not wait until you have like your best foot forward here and launch the best version of your sneakers to like kick this off into the world? Like. I think after the little Nas X thing, like you could probably find another and and the Birkin the Birkin bag Birkenstocks. Yeah, yeah. Like I feel like you and that two chains bought. I think like mm-hmm. I feel like they could they probably have some good stuff under their sort of sleeve here. Yeah, and I just feel like this doesn't kick in the door and do like the brand or yeah. this like platform any sort. Like it, it doesn't feel like. A great is this going to be a celebrity collaboration brand though? Like, I feel like it might not. I think the article said that they're going to have a rapper collaboration, they're going to have okay, some like cool. more wacky and, and, and crazy sneakers. Like, they're going to do boots, like, they're going to do a bunch of really interesting things. And so, it just, yeah, it is kind of weird. The to decided me, to lead off with this one because it just kind of feels like the safest version of a sneaker, yeah. like, it just feels like it's wrapped in tape, which is. I, I don't know. For me, that doesn't really kind of push the envelope in a very like. I think it's a bit sick if they just took the tape off and had the just three exclamation point tag. Yeah, I think it would have been much cooler. I just think that Mischief is known for sort of their creativity, and these feel a little less creative. And I mean, sneakers are tough, you know. I mean, like it, in some ways, they're tough in the fact that like people there's like a high bar for them. But I also mm-hmm. feel like so many sneakers, like so much of sneakers, look the same. Like yeah. there's just like there's like. Nike and New Balance and all these brands, like they have like their their sort of general design from 
that just isn't changed or broken yeah. too much. So I think if they start doing some like more fucked up sneakers, like I feel like they're gonna win or they'll ha- they'll get people's attention because I think the more wacky and crazy a sneaker gets, like the more interesting it is. And mm-hmm. um, so I'm excited to see what they do. And I think that's kind of like the story here. It's like sneakers. Maybe I'm not a fan necessarily of these sneakers from Mischief, but the idea of doing monthly sneaker drops from Mischief is exciting to me because I'm just curious. Yeah. I, I Yeah. I'm here for it. I, I, I want to see what they got. Yeah. Um, but these really aren't it. F- yeah. these, these aren't it for me. Um, but hey. I, I will say, um, mark my words here, prediction. Mark, mark his words. They will come out with something in the next six months that we talk about on the show, and we're like, "This is what we wanted." Yeah, like for I sure. think they will do it, and um, it's hard to make product. Yeah, it's I'm really sure. hard to make sneakers, but I, my, I'm sure people do want these too. Like, I, they'll probably sell these. They'll probably sell yeah. out of these, and, and then like, be fine. and then looking back, like once they do release that like signature sneaker, yeah, like the mischief ones are going to be popping off. Yeah, I think they'll do some shit that's like pushes the envelope and kind of I just thought they I just wish they would have waited to do that first. Yeah. And so also I mean at this point like sneakers are like art collectibles in that way. So it's like I think it makes sense where it's like yeah. I don't know if you're gonna see people rocking these out in the streets, but people will buy them and like putting them up on their shelves. So and, fucking stupid. And it's it, yeah, it's like, you know, kind of a StockX goat and they'll find their way onto the platform. Um, maybe I should look up right now how much these are going for on StockX um, to see. They just dropped at 11 a.m. on Monday. I don't see them here. Cool. Good podcasting. Um, yeah, good podcast all around. Yeah, and they got a story in the New York Times. After the Satan Shoes building a sneaker empire, Mischief has designs for your feet. So, yeah, I mean, I think this is cool. I think it's a big story. and. Um, We'll see. I we'll just see don't love do. the sneaker wrapped in packing tape. Yeah. Just, you know. just that's a personal thing for me. Kind of. And I think the reason why is because I have such high expectations for them. Yeah. I think that's probably more the thing that I'm, you know, questioning. It's yeah. Like, I mean, you have a, you have high expectations. So I do. I mean, I think, again, I think this, I think mischief is one of the most creative things going. Mm-hmm. In all of creativity, design, advertising, yeah, like, they're good. I think they just they do it. They, you know, they're doing it well. Um, I got them on StockX. They're going for uh, two hundred forty-four dollars, so below asking price of the sneaker. So maybe there you go. Maybe kind of not necessarily the most. Maybe maybe they maybe they aren't the most in demand thing. Maybe maybe not. But I I I, I have hope. And I have faith in the crew over there that they're going to come out with something that's going to that's going to spin our heads around a little bit. Yeah. So, Kevin, that's the podcast today. Good pod. um, for nice. all the people out there. Where can they uh, where can they find us? Um, Front dot center at wherever you found this podcast. That's a good point. Wherever you found this podcast, just keep, that's keep, where you can find the yeah, next one. Maybe subscribe. That's going to be throw on. us a subscribe. Throw us a follow. Yeah. Throw us a like. Throw us a subscribe. Throw us a comment connect with us on linkedin throw us a review say this is the best podcast there is tell a friend sure yeah tell your 
Tell your parents. We're we're investing a lot in word of mouth marketing. Yeah. This year. Tell 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 people. They say word of mouth marketing is the new social media. Also, if you have guests that you want to see on the program, ZZ was great last week. We're oh, gonna yeah. have more coming. Yes, we have more coming. And uh, I kind of like the guest than Kevin and Alex. Yeah, we'll figure it out. We're we're working on it. Till next week. Yeah. Thanks. Hit that hit that outro music. You Soldier Boy too. Hey, I got the new dance for y'all called the Soldier Boy. You just got a punch, then crank back three times from left to right. Why me crank it? Why me roll? Why me crank that soldier boy? That Superman that hold that? Why me you crank that soldier boy? Why me you crank that soldier? Why me you crank that soldier? Why me you crank that soldier? Why me soldier boy? I been the hoe. Why me crank it? Why me roll? Why me crank that soldier boy? That Superman that hold that? Why me you crank that soldier? 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 Why me soldier boy? Been the hoe. Why me lean and why me rock? Superman at home, then why me crank that Robocop? Super friend, now why me jock? Jockin' on them Halo, man. When I do that soldier boy, I lean to love, then crank that thing. Now you, I'm jockin' on your bitch ass. And if we get the fighting, then I'm cockin' on your bitch ass. You catch me at your local party, yes, I crank it every day. Haters get mad, cause I got me some baby, they. Soldier boy, I been in hoe. Why me crank it, why me roll? Why me crank that soldier boy? Crank that soul, now why me? 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 Crank that soul, now why me?